Good evening, boys and girls. And welcome to Midnight Snacks. Ah, 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 ah. And welcome to Midnight Snacks, a podcast celebrating the art of TV horror hosts. Don't worry, I'm not going to do that uh, cheesy voice that I did at the beginning throughout the throughout the show. Um, I would not subject you to that. But that was just a sample of the stuff we're going to be celebrating on this podcast. I am the host of the show, Insane Mike. Um, some of you may know me uh, from my filmmaking career uh, with Prescribed Films. Uh, see prescribedfilms.com for that. Or you also may know me as the host of the horror podcast, Attack of the Killer Podcast. Um, and if you don't know me at all and you just stumbled upon this because you're a fan of TV horror hosts and you want to hear a podcast about it, well, you've come to the right place. I am a huge horror host fan and I have searched the internet hours upon hours trying to find shows that are spe- uh, podcasts that are specifically towards TV horror hosts and I can't find any now granted um, I'm not the most internet savvy and when you are searching through podcasts it's like uh, trying to find one particular rock on a beach I usually google like TV horror host podcasts and then it just gives me a bunch of random horror themed podcasts several of which I probably already listened to. So I just said, you know, forget it. I'm just going to do my own. Uh, I feel pretty versed in TV horror hosting, as it is a huge fan of that uh, art, shall we say. And um, I feel like I can do um, a show based on TV horror hosts. Now, this show is not going to be like a weekly thing or a bi-weekly thing or a monthly thing. It's really hard to say how often these shows are going to come out. Uh, just because I have so much other stuff on the plate with, you know, Prescribed Films, Attack of the Killer podcast. And then there's my 9 to 5 day job and taking care of my kids and all that stuff. So the plate's pretty full. So hopefully getting this uh, podcast done, it's it's going to be random. And that and the fact that since I'm going to be solo doing this show, it's not like me and a bunch of other people. Uh, I'm going to be doing a ton of research for every episode, so I'm not just sitting around going, uh... Yeah, I, I like TV horror hosts. They're, they're cool. So I want to come to the table prepared. So because of that, the show is just going to be kind of random when it comes out. I'll try to put out as much as I can, but uh, we'll see how that goes. So if you're unfamiliar, what the heck is a TV horror host? Back especially in the um, 60s, 70s, and 80s, uh, you know, cable com- cable channels, especially local cable channels, uh, local local stations would get packages of of horror movies for dirt cheap, and they would always you know like what are we going to do with these horror movies? So they would usually find somebody to uh, some kind of performer, usually somebody that already worked at the television station, like the new like a regular news anchor or or what have you, um, dress them up as like a Dracula type or some kind of ghoulish character and uh, host them, usually on the weekends, late at night on like a Friday or Saturday night. I grew up on TV on TV horror host shows. Uh, that was that was my weekends. I, I guess I lived a rather pathetic uh, life as a teenager, as a kid, because all I would uh, my partying on the weekends was hanging out with like uh, uh, Commander USA and um, 
and Elvira and what have you. But, you know, such shows uh, as like Chiller Theater, Creature Features, Scream In, Cinema Insomnia, Midnight Mausoleum, Movie Macabre, uh, Midnight Owl Theater, Fright Night, Mad Theater. I mean, the list goes on and on and on and on. Um, so what the show is going to be about is each episode is going to cover a different horror host or a particular show or anything that's related to the world of, of TV horror hosting. There's a couple of really cool documentaries out there about, about TV horror hosts, so I'll probably cover those. That'll be like an episode or two. Um, you know, just tons of stuff like... You know, I, I mean, I, we could talk about maybe the movie Fright Night and its tribute to TV horror hosting uh, with um, with the Peter Vincent character. Uh, so a lot of stuff we're gonna, a lot of stuff we can talk about. I feel like I have an endless, endless display of things to talk about uh, for this show, and with it, uh, each episode is going to be dedicated to like one particular topic. Um, <clears throat> Much like many other TV horror hosts, uh, I, too, am going to have a sidekick. Now, some TV horror hosts will have, like, a human sidekick, but if their budgets are extremely low, uh, they'll more likely have, like, a puppet, like uh, Eric uh, the Talking Skull, or Lefty on Commander USA's Groovy Movies, or even, you know, you can cite the robots on Mystery Science Theater 3000. So, I would like to introduce you now to my sidekick, Olaf. Say hi, Olaf. Help me, help me. I'm being held against my will. This guy's crazy. <laughs> Olaf, such a card. He's nuts. He's so cute, isn't he, folks? I hate you. So, we'll hear from Olaf more than likely throughout uh, throughout the show. Um, not too often. He's, he's a pretty, pretty, uh, pretty busy sock himself. This so. is dumb. Why do you need a sock for a co-host? This is a podcast. So, anyway... The first episode of Midnight Snacks, I figured I would do this episode with probably my all-time favorite TV horror host, the granddaddy of TV horror hosts, the one that really put TV horror hosts on the map, and I am talking about Zachary. Huge, huge Zachary fan. Been a Zachary fan dating all the way back before I even know knew that TV horror hosts were a thing, even before I... Um, even liked horror movies back when I was like too scared to be in the same room if there was a commercial for Friday Thirteenth uh, on the on on the TV I would have to leave the room I was so scared as a child um, but even way back then I was a fan of Zachary which I'll get into now why Zachary well one because he's kind of really he's not really the one that started of all started at all you know you got there's always the debate of like who came first was it um, Vampira or Zachary or there's a couple others that uh, even Zachary um, would say that uh, came before him. But I think he's really one of the uh, one of the few out of the thousands that really hit mainstream pop culture and really became a household name for a lot of people who uh, who um, not even that heavy into it. You know, people knew who Zachary was, and and uh, that and the whole the whole inspiration for this podcast was because of Zachary. Uh, Zachary unfortunately left this world uh, October of 2016, and I know I talked about it a bit on Attack of the Killer podcast, but I really didn't feel like it was enough. I had, I had debated on doing a whole episode of Attack of the Killer podcast just dedicated to John's 
did the John Zachary. I debated on uh, doing a whole episode just on TV horror hosts. And then I'm like, you know what? Because the other guys, they don't watch it nearly as much as I do on my other show. So I, I just said, forget it. I'm just going to do my own show by myself and talk about talk about this topic that I love so much. So Zachary was a huge huge inspiration for the startup of this show. You know, and his death really bummed me out. It really affected me. You know, of all the celebrity deaths we had from last year, I would honestly have to say he was towards the top of the one one that really affected me and it really bummed me out as far as as his passing. And so much so that he was even the inspiration for the title of this show, Midnight Snacks, which I'll get into as we get into the discussion of John Zachary, a.k.a. Roland. So we're going to get into his whole history, his whole life story, all that jazz. We're going to do that. First, we're going to take a quick break, take a quick break so I can bake some cookies. No, I'm just, I don't know. And when we come back, we're going to talk about John Zachary. But first, here's a few promo breaks here. Hi there. My name is Michelle. And I'm looking for a good time. How would you like to talk to me? Well, you can't. But you can leave a voicemail for the gang at Attack of a Killer podcast. You can leave any geeky message you want, and the crew may even play it on the show. To leave your voicemail, just call 415-952-6857. That's 415-952-6857. Five seven or four one five nine five AOTKP. Please hurry, call today. I'm eager to hear from you. Welcome back to Midnight Snacks, the podcast celebrating the art of TV horror hosts. Our first topic for the first ever episode of Midnight Snacks is going to be about a recording artist, a TV star, an announcer, a disc jockey, an MC, even a presidential candidate? Yeah, that's right. I'm talking about none other than the cool ghoul himself, John Zachary, also known as Roland. John Zachary was born September 26, 1918, in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. In nine, um, We're going to jump ahead. It's really, we can get into his family a bit. They were pretty, uh, pretty strict Presbyterians. Um, he was not allowed to watch the movies that he would later warp the minds of other children with. Uh, throughout the years, as a small child, he was not allowed to watch him. Um, but I really want to get into the meat, shall we say, of Zachary, the horror host himself. So, so uh, we're not going to cover a lot of his his background, his uh, real life background. We're just going to get straight into the birth of Roland himself, and we're talking 1954. Um, he began his TV broadcasting career as an actor on WCAU TV in some western show called Action in the Afternoon. 
And on the show, he played like several different roles, uh, one of which was an undertaker. I've never seen the show, and I, I, I want to know if there are any copies of the show available at all. It really sounds like it was kind of a uh, honeymooner situation uh, or an Isle of Lucy situation where the shows were recorded live for the network on a, on a, on a soundstage, and it was recorded strictly for WCAU-TV and wasn't, like, broadcast na nationally because I've never never really been familiar with the show. And just for, uh, with the little bit of research I did on um, Action in the Afternoon, it really sounded like it was, it was something that was just strictly for that particular channel, which is weird to think nowadays. I mean... Yeah, you get like stuff that's you know made specifically for Netflix or what have you, but a show that's like shot in for studio, in a studio, like a Saturday Night Live situation, but it's like an it's like an actiony westerny show, um, really kind of boggles the mind. So I, I've been always wanting to check it out, um, but it's interesting that uh, you know one of his many characters he played was that of an Undertaker, which I think was kind of maybe like what what Zachary Lee would later evolve into. So about three or so years later, uh, he was hired to host a set of these like horror movies that they acquired, and it was on WCAU's Shock Theater, which debuted October 7th, 1957. We've all seen the ghoul named Roland, but of my dear, only her hand. Could it be he has fear because Igor is near, that he won't show the rest of my dear... On Shock Theater, he went by the name as Roland, long before he started using the name Zachary. Um, even though Zachary is his real name, his, his real name is John Zachary. Uh, and then later on, they would add a Y to it, and then he would just be known as the cool ghoul Zachary. Uh, but he started off as Roland. So on the show, you know, he wore the, he would wear the long black undertaker's coat. He lived with his wife, who was only ever known as my dear, and she also lived in a box. You never saw his wife. He was always like my dear, you know, who's in the coffin that he's leaning on and talking to us uh, throughout the episodes. Um, and he also had a lab assistant, uh, Igor. Now, I've only seen bits and bits and pieces of the early Shock Theater show. Um, not enough, really, per se. And I know there's way more out there than I've had a, a chance to go through. But I've never actually seen the Igor character. I've seen him reference to an Igor off-camera off a lot. So I don't know if anybody actually ever played Igor, or if uh, if that's just was kind of like his wife, my dear, who um, was just kind of like almost like an imaginary sidekick for the show. The show would involve um, various like horror comedy bits and gags uh, that has become kind of a staple of horror hosts even today. Uh, the show also featured a live with what was called jumping or breaking in, or jump in during the movie, cutting shots of Zachary doing some kind of shtick during certain scenes of the movie. The first time he ever did this was for The Black Cat, starring Bela Lugosi and Boris Karloff. And <clears throat> during a scene, during the scene where there's like a, a devil worship ceremony, uh, Zachary, the, the, the movie would cut, and it would cut to a shot of Zachary in amongst, kind of in amongst the crowd, you know, just being silly Zachary. That became a very, very famous bit. 
that he was really known for uh, for his shows of, of just kind of inserting himself in these movies. And, you know, hey, it's kind of like a little bit of an MST3K thing there, too. Um, kind of way, way, way predates that. So just think about that, man. There would not be the bevy of TV horror hosts. There would probably not be a lot of, like, resurgence of, like, classic or schlocky horror films because of these TV horror hosts. And there probably wouldn't be any MST3K if it all wasn't for Zacherly. Okay, I know I'm probably putting a lot of weight on uh, on Zacherly here, but uh, hey, that's just how much the guy means to me, and um, the different obsessions because of him it's led for me. So Shock Theater ran for a total of 92 shows until 1958. That's a lot of shows in like a year span, man. During this time, uh, you know, he he was so popular. One at one time, WCAU had a open house at the studio, so that Roland fans could come down and meet him. Now the executives, you know, they saw the numbers and they expected probably about like two thousand people to show up. Fourteen thousand people showed up for this event. The studio was trashed. They could not handle that amount of people. It was like riot level, like meeting the Beatles back in those days, kind of, kind of, uh, of, of an event. So, needless to say, um, the execs at WCAU uh, never held an open house at the studio again. But how crazy is that? A local TV horror host showing old. You know, universal monster movies or schlocky sci-fi movies, what have you, would draw 14,000 people to to an open house at the studio. It's just insane. It's great, crazy, and awesome at the same time. So in 1958, Bernie Lowe, the co-owner of Cameo and Parkway Records label, uh, took notice of Zachary uh, when he saw his daughter watching Shock Theater on the on on TV. And so also, with the help of Zachary's good friend, you may know him, oh, I don't know, Dick Clark, and also backed up uh, by Dave Appel and the Applejacks, Zachary recorded Dinner with Drac, the novelty song, uh, so back in 1958. Uh, it was rumored that Dick Clark refused to play it on his American Bandstand, um, so Zachary recut it using a milder lyric, milder lyrics. And as a result, that song, that novelty song, Dinner with Drag, climbed to number six on the Billboard charts. And this also earned Zachary an appearance on American Bandstand and other teen-oriented shows. So, and then, because of this novelty hit, earned him the name The Cool Ghoul. So what I want to do right now is I want to play for you a little bit of the song Dinner with Drag. Served for three at Dracula's house by the sea. The orders were fine, but I choked on my wine when I learned that the main course was me. Waitress 
a vampire named Perkins was so very fond of small gherkins. While she served the tea, she ate 43, which pickled her internal workings. <laughs> Go on the left with the pitchforks. Igor, Igor. What a swimmer is Dracula's daughter. But her pool looks more red than the daughter. The blood stains the boat. But it's easy to float. Cause blood is much thicker than water. So that's Dinner with Jack by, by Zachary. Uh, crazy, right? Number six on the Billboard charts. And I remember having this song when I was in like kindergarten or first grade on some kind of like novelty record of like kitty related like Halloween or monster songs. Uh, one of which was including the Monster Mash. And I honestly cannot remember a single song off of that record. Man, I wish I could find that record. I really do. But I can't remember the name of it. Um, I... I think it's like a, the front picture is a picture a cartoon picture of different horror monsters like dancing and doing a jig and stuff like dracula and whatnot i could be wrong on that my memory could really be blurred because it's been so long and i honestly the only two things i remember from this record was the monster mash and dinner with drac and monster mash by bobby boris pickett which is like has always been like the you know ultimate halloween song um, I wore out the Dinner with Drac track. That one was always my favorite, way more than the Monster Mash, even though I also really liked the Monster Mash. And so this is long before I knew who Zachary was, long before Roland. And even, even after I learned who Zachary was, I, I didn't even put the two and two together. Like, the song has always stuck with me, but like once I discovered uh, Zachary as a TV horror host, it still took me years to realize... Holy crap. This is the same guy who does, did the song Dinner with Drac. That's crazy. Now, I also said that uh, that he recorded two versions of it. There's the lighter version that uh, that ended up is what got him, you know, number six on the Billboard charts, got him on American Bandstand and all that. But then the original recording, which is deemed a little bit more gruesome, a little bit darker, um, <clears throat> They didn't, you know, they didn't want to just toss that one, so it kind of became the B-side. With the success of Dinner with Drax, Zachary would go on to record uh, several comedy novelty albums over the years, and his uh, full discography includes uh, Spook Along with Zachary in 1960, a Monster Mash in 62, Zachary's Monster Mash Party in 62, Zachary's Monster Gallery in 1963 and Scary Tales in 1963. Now I love I love the stuff I've heard anyway. I haven't heard all the albums. Uh, I love all the Zachary stuff. I love his just his crazy manic sense of humor and you know the the laughter and all that and just mixed with that kind of jazzy uh, 60s music um, is. I just love it. It just really appeals to me. They've released some of them on CD, and I'm still working on getting, like, again, the full collection. What I would really love, 
really love would be to get my hands on all the original vinyls. And so that's probably a, a goal of mine to to try to get a full Zachary collection uh, of the original vinyls. But what I have right now, I've got, um, they did a combo of his album Monster Mash and Scary Tales. And so what I'm going to play for you now is, is another another song from one of these albums. Um, just because I love it so much and I just want to share it. So here we go. Here's a little bit more Zachary for you. <laughs> Here's a dance. <laughs> Got no steps. <laughs> you just stand there and laugh. <laughs> Do the ha ha ha. Baby, baby, now come on. Come over here, baby. Just obey me. That's all you gotta do. <laughs> Just open your big fat mouth and laugh like crazy. <laughs> do the ha ha ha. Now, all together here, we hit the money. Ooh. Right smack dab in the tummy. Ooh. <laughs> yummy, 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 yummy. Do the ha ha ha. Now, it, it, it isn't foolish being ghoulish. Don't get that in your head now. <laughs> and going, ha, 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 Or would you rather have the bother of, of just uh, standing there dancing to the cha-cha-cha? <laughs> now, take it easy. Take it easy. Just like breezy. <laughs> and laugh like breezy. <laughs> Do the... So that song called, of course, The Ha Ha Ha, off of his Monster Mash album. That's probably one of my favorite of the Zachary songs because that's what Zachary is. That's his signature laugh. So anytime you think of Zachary, you think of that, that maniacal laugh. Also in 1958, he was in a movie called Key to Murder where he played Lieutenant Daly. Kind of a sidebar, because it's not really about Zachary, and that's what the show is about, but it is the one time he appeared in a film where he wasn't playing either himself or his character, Zachary. Also in 58, Zachary moved to New York, uh, where he continued shock theater, and began working at WABC-TV. That show would eventually turn into... Zachary at Large in 1959, and that is when they added the Y to his name, and Zachary was born, no longer known as Roland, um, continuing forth, only known as Zachary. My Dear became Isabel, and the bits and skits with Zachary would continue, where he would be doing like crazy experiments. He would use cauliflower as brains. Uh, pantyhose filled with jello as giant amoebas, crazy fun stuff like that. So here it is anyway, you see, it's a great thing in this transitional stage, of course. Uh, it would sit here maybe uh, 2,000 years or more without uh, making this leap from water to dry land, but we've done it here, right here. See, the grand thing, here's the skin, you see, and the sides and all that. And, uh, isn't that lovely? I'll just keep it here. Isn't that lovely? Isn't that exciting? <laughs> of course it is. Thank you very much up there. There, 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 there. There, there, there. Very exciting, yes, I know. Yes. The dear boy. Around this time, he appeared on many different shows, such as the Dave Garraway Show, the Jack 
Parr Show, The Pat Boone Show, The Steve Allen Show, and so on. Also in 1959, Zachary appeared on the cover of issue number four of Famous Monsters of Filmland, and inside they did a full pictorial on Zachary. Now, Zachary is the only horror host in history that has appeared on the cover twice to Famous Monsters of Filmland. Issue number seven and issue number 228. I love me some Famous Monsters of Filmland. Again, early introductions to horror long before I ever realized that I was a true blood horror fan. Before I would really even watch horror films, I would read Famous Monsters of Filmland off of the magazine rack at the at the grocery store, uh, even predating when Fangoria first hit the shelves. Zachary at Large on WABC and in June 20th, 1959, uh, he would return in October on Channel 9 WOR. Now, during his hiatus, he made a lot of personal appearances in uh, an issue of New York Journal America, they had a map of Transylvania with a photo of Zachary. Huge Zachary collector's items today. To If you could track that poster down of Transylvania with Zachary on it. At WOR came lots of Zachary merchandise. So this is, this is, was the, uh, as far as Zachary collectors go, the the cream of the crop, the time for Zachary merchandise, uh, the most of most of which came from this time period, including paperback anthology books, Zachary Midnight Snacks, which is why the show is named what it is. It's named after that book, and you know tribute to Zachary, and Zachary's Vulture Stew. W O R. It's the first station to tape his shows so they could also be played at their California station, WKHJ. So now we got Zachary playing on both coasts. In 1960, while at WOR, Zachary staged a presidential campaign as a, promo as a promotional gimmick for the show. There were commercials that aired, uh, there was buttons, photos poster and a book Zachary for president and then there was a bit featured on spook along with Zachary uh, for the presidential campaign that presidential uh, campaign kit the button poster and the book are also major major collector's items and you've probably seen those that image of Zachary for president floating around online I know when I uh, often like type in Zachary in a Google search and check out images, it's one of the first things to pop up. So so let's take a listen now to a little bit of the Zachary for President. This is WOR-TV, Channel 9 in New York. But right now we're visiting the underground headquarters of presidential candidate Zachary. All right, the convention will come to order. Pre-convention here. Pre-convention meeting here. We're having all the uh, local delegates from around the country and from Transylvania, Alaska, and uh, Hawaii. All come to order here. Right down, right down, that's fine. Now, ladies and gentlemen, you all know the value of a good woman behind the power, behind the throne, and so on, so on. And uh, uh, just, wait a minute, just cut out that socializing up there. There's not time for that. Just pay attention there. Pay attention. That's fine. Just calm down there. That's what I can get you out of the balcony altogether. <laughs> now, you all know, of course, about the Pat Nixon and her children, and, of course, and Little Cocker Spaniel and all that. 
And uh, Mother Jackie Kennedy and all her dear little children and her lovely clothes and figure and all, smashing good girl she is. And of course, there's uh, Mother Mamie and her bangs and all, and old Ellie Roosevelt and all that, you know, all those people. I mean, oh, I'll take that. I'll, tell, I'll take that. Yes, thank you. And now, of course, thank you. Right down here in front of the beginning. Yes, yes, thank you, thank you. This is, uh, my dear, you'll be thrilled about this. You've been named the wife of the year here. The old Bell Zachary here, a little picture here painted by uh, some poor fellow, Fred uh, Schomburg, grand boy, Forest uh, Hills boy. A fine uh, tribute there to you, my dear, and these lovely, lovely flowers for you here. It's uh, just, just grand. Uh, and now, uh, she will be, my dear wife, of course, will be the first bald-headed first lady of uh, the United States of America and all its territories. And unfortunately, that accident I had some weeks ago where I uh, got her a little too close there, you know. <laughs> and now, Miss Lucy Monroe will sing our... Our song here uh, to lead the uh, for the presentation of the flowers. The days uh, first. are here again. The skies above are clear again. Let us sing the song of cheer. Oh, you can all join in here, and then we'll have the portrait picture taking here of the. And uh, Yano's worried there for a minute. Gather, shout it now. That's fine. All the girls on that side. That's it, girls. That's it. <laughs> That's it. All right. Now over here, everybody. Over there. That's it, boys. You're doing fine. <laughs> Have a little more banjo there. Come on, eh? <laughs> Who said that? Get out on the street there. What's the big idea? Stay right where you are, all of you. While we're on the topic of Zachary merchandise, I want to jump back a bit and talk a little bit more about his albums. On Spooky Tales from 1963, he had a pretty cool gimmick that you could really only get away with on record albums. Uh, he had a song on there called Scary Tales from Mother Goose. And if you buy the CD version, there's three different versions of the song on the CD. Now, why that is is because uh, the record itself was grooved in such a way that you could place the needle down on one of the individual grooves and it would play a different version of Scary Tales from Mother Goose. So there's three different versions of the same track on the same record, uh, only just depending on where you landed the, the needle on the record and which version it would play, which is a pretty cool gimmick that you can only really get away with on records, and I don't know of too many other cases of somebody doing this. There was a Monty Python record that had um, that had that gimmick as well, where they referred to it as a three-sided album, where the whole album had a an extra hidden groove on on the B side of the record that contained a complete completely different track than the uh, than the original side of that album. I'm going to give you a sample right now of, of that song, uh, Scary Tales from Mother Goose, from Zachary's album, Scary Tales, from 1963. Ho, 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 ha, 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 won't you sing along? Call a name from Mother Goose, I'll sing a scary song. Mary! Oh, I'll make that scary. Mary had a little lamb whose fleas were itching so. She'd hit them with a baseball bat and the fleas were sure to go. The poor lamb went to, you know. <laughs> In 
1963, Zachary moved to WPIX in New York and hosted a cartoon series called Mighty Hercules Cartoon Show. In 1964, he was made host of Chiller Theater. Then in 1965, Zachary hosted Zachary's Disco Teen on WNJU-TV in Newark, New Jersey. Thank you, my dear. Oh, I have to do this now with, a, with Mr. Brute Force here. have to do it. Yeah, jump right down, my dear. Aye. Thank you, thank you. Sir? Mm. Here, this is, this is uh, Dr. Brute Force from the Columbia. Yes, Brute Force. I don't have to help you out, do with all that? You'd, no, I hope How not. How did you get that name, sir? My name, Brute Force, is a, uh, is a symbiosis of brute and force, a close approximation of what's happening in the world today. Now, at Columbia, when I deliver my lectures on sandwiches, I don't get so serious-minded. I often just delve into the, the coleslaw image of existence. You understand the coleslaw image of existence. It's the older philosophy as differentiated from the potato salad. Well, I lost my button! Well, but that's all right, my boy. You're decent. You're decent. You're decent. <laughs> I lost my buttons along. But, but uh, getting back to that, uh, yeah. the sit and so on, uh, you use the creamy or the chunky kind? Uh? Well, I, I prefer the creamy. Well, 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 this is a very exciting thing we're having here. The first time, I'm sure, I, on TV, right, uh, this song that we're going to hear now? The first time the song's on TV? Well, uh, yes. In a way, I, I played it before on, on numerous, you know, numerous uh, occasions, but I... Well, let's you Did and you I see watch... that thing crawling? Yeah, well, that's a dance, one of our best dancers there. Just, just all right. That's beautiful, all right. beautiful. A mini, mini it's dancer. It's a little, little brown with a lot of legs, and it's very low on the ground, but don't worry about it. Uh, we're going to watch now, and you and I, keep okay, your eyes exactly. down there, yes. while, while they hop around here to this marvelous, to sit, to sit upon a sandwich, right? To sit on a sandwich. Yes, here we go. Sandwich. Zachary's Disco Teen on WNJU-TV. Now, that was a very weird show, kind of an American bandstand type show, where they, you'd have, like, musical guests or play songs. Room was full of teens, and they would dance around every time they'd do a song. And, you know, believe me, that was a very popular thing back in the, the uh, 50s and 60s for television. Um, a lot of local channels did uh, some type of American bandstand type show, where all it was was just playing the songs and kids dancing to it. Um, it kind of sounds like the lowest common denominator of uh, entertainment, but, you know, compared to some stuff on YouTube nowadays, I guess it's it's Shakespearean. Zachary's Disco Teen, I feel like, is was probably the inspiration for the, the show Ghoul A Go-Go out in New York as well. Very much the same formula. TV horror hosts doing a teen dance show, only it's with little children so it's kind of a combination of like all three uh, types of local broadcasting back in the back in the day you got your horror host you got your your teen dance show and you got your kiddies show because they would also show like you know clips and stuff cartoons and whatnot i'm pretty sure we'll do an episode on ghoul go go um i've been a fan of that show for quite a long time as myself as well zachary's disco teen ended in 1967 also in that time, he started doing radio uh, on WNEW-FM, uh, where he did his first radio show, and that moved on into the 1970s, where he ended up moving to WPLJ-FM, where he stayed in radio till like the 1980s. Here's going to be an example here of some of his radio work. Fantastic. Zachary here, CBS FM 101. <laughs> and... Uh... I had an open this. I did it. 
I'm about to bite into a banana here. In honor of mighty Joe Young, Jr. All his buddies. And all of you out there. You're invited here now to Frankenstein's Pause. That was actually a clip from his 1987 Halloween special on 101.1 WCBS in New York. In 1983, Zachary, credited only as horror host, was in Geek Maggot Bingo from Suck Weasel Mountain by underground New York filmmaker Nick Zed. Now, if you've never seen this movie, it's it's a really strange film. Of course, you know, if you're familiar with Nick Zed, it, it kind of makes sense. It's ultra, ultra low budget. It almost co- kind of looks like a children's play of classic horror movies um, on acid. Uh, it's complete with cardboard sets, amateur special effects, and over-the-top acting. Completely shot on 16 millimeter, and it's the story of Dr. Frankenberry, who attempts to reanimate the dead with his assistant Gecko. Very bizarre film, and maybe I'll do it as insane as an insane's pick on our other show, Attack of the Killer podcast. Zachary is kind of the the horror host that uh, intros the movie as it begins. So. Um, uh, for Zachary completists, you should definitely check out Geek Maggot Bingo. So now we're into the 1980s, and the 1980s was definitely good for Zachary. The August issue from 1982 of Fangoria Magazine did an awesome article on Zachary. It was a super awesome article, and they did a full campaign designed to get Zachary back on television. And it must have worked, because um, Zachary came back. He was chosen to host... WOR-TV Channel 9's 3D presentation of Gorilla at Large. This led to some uh, other television appearances, such as like on Saturday Night Live and The Uncle Floyd Show, and many live appearances on TV during the Halloween season of 1982. Zachary appeared in concert with the 60-piece Philadelphia Orchestra uh, for their Halloween, Halloween show. He was in full costume, uh, acting crazy on stage, and also recited some of Edgar Allan Poe's The Raven. There was a TV pilot called Crazy Nights, uh, which was an hour-long show produced by Don Kirshner. Uh, had special guests on it, such as John Carradine and Vincent Price, but it failed and was never actually picked up, which is a damn shame. In 1985, he had three, count them, one, two, three different TV specials, The 13th Hour and Zachary's Halloween on WHT, and then Return of Roland on WCAU-TV. Then in 1986, he did a project that is extremely personal to me. Now, you're probably wondering, what's this guy, this this, this guy that grew up in, in Little Town, Iowa, how does he know about Zachary other than Dinner with Drac? I had mentioned earlier that I had no connection to Dinner with Drac with Zachary being a TV horror host. Well, it was in 1986, and in the Christmas of that year, I had gotten, I think it was that year, maybe it was a little later, uh, I had gotten for Christmas a VHS of a tape called Horrible Horrors, which was hosted by Zachary. And this this tape was produced in 1986 by Good Times Video, so this 
tape, which was bought from my parents for, for me for Christmas, was just bought on a whim. A VCR was kind of new to our house, and my parents knew I loved movies and wanted movies, and they knew I loved, you know, crazy B-movies and, and classic movies and stuff. So they would come across stuff in the cheap bins, like the dollar bins, pick it up and, and, and buy it for me. Um, not knowing whether or not I'd even actually ever like it or not, but they knew I wanted the VCR, they knew I wanted videotapes, and they knew I liked cheesy stuff. So they bought me this tape, and I loved it. And actually, watching it reminds me a lot of Christmas because it's one of my all-time favorite Christmas presents I've ever received. And I watched it to death on, on Christmas Day and would watch it constantly over and over and over again. And I still have my original Good Times VHS tape of Horrible Horrors. Um, what, what Horrible Horrors is, it's a compilation tape of like different movies that he, that he would more than likely show on his, on, on his variation of his different shows. And in between the, the clips and stuff, it was Zachary doing crazy stuff. He did the amoeba bit. Yeah, he would do the cauliflower brain bit. He would talk to my dear through the box, uh, through through her coffin, all that fun stuff. Um, do little fun gags and and whatnot throughout the tape. And you know, every once in a while on the tape, he would insert himself into the footage of of the stuff he was showing. And the stuff, the the segments of the films and stuff they would show, the montage of clips usually had a theme. There was like a whole Ed Wood section. There was a zombie section. You know, and so this tape um, opened my eyes up to a lot of cinema that uh, I knew that I loved but hadn't been experienced to yet, such as the films of Edward Dewar Jr. or um, uh, some like some like uh, Mexican Mexican horror films like Brainiac, um, or you know, The Killer Shrews, which is one of my all-time faves. So. So I love that tape. I love it for the clips, but I love it more than anything else for this crazy guy in this Undertaker outfit called Zachary. And that was my first exposure to Zachary. And and just from then on out, I knew I loved this guy. Uh, ever, even though I never, ever, up to that point, ever seen any of his any of his TV shows. A few years back, Horrible Horrors was put out on DVD. And again, for Christmas, a friend of mine... A close personal friend of mine uh, bought me Horrible Horrors on DVD, and it's a two-disc set. Um, it's interesting because it looks like they had gone back and re-edited some things, like put in some some like more title graphics and stuff. Uh, there's actually some some clips of Zachary that wasn't in the original tape, and a lot more footage from films from some different films that are on, on this tape that wasn't in the original. And so when I got this when I got this DVD, I'm like, okay, I can finally I can finally get rid of the old VHS tape. Well, I still got the VHS tape because, to me, I mean, I've played it enough to where I watch the DVD and it feels weird because it has like scenes and stuff that weren't on the VHS and it doesn't feel the to the right version to me. But I mean, I still love it all the same. And the second disc is pretty cool too. Uh, again, it's it's a it's a cheap label cheaper label, much like Good Times that put the DVD out. But it's pretty cool that they uh, they put the attention into it to give it two discs. But it's still kind of like okay, your supplemental material is just basically the public domain stuff that you've got, and it includes a, a, an appearance Zachary made on the old game show What's My Line in 1960. So that's pretty cool, and it also has like Zachary uh, uh, preps on set, um, but then it's got like uh, obviously. 
they wanted to pack this with public domain stuff but they wanted to make it feel like a, a, a true set here. But it uh, has stuff that has nothing to do with Zachary on it as well, including an old Gumby cartoon and a couple of old movies, one called Lights Out and another one called Frankenstein's Daughter. This DVD was put out by Legend Films, by the way. I went and grabbed my DVD real quick, and uh, it was put out by Legend Films. So I love this DVD. The cover's still the same with this great shot of Zachary on the, on the front cover sitting there amongst old film reels and stuff and it's it's kind of a blurry photo image so it's kind of cool that they they lifted it straight from the original vhs box which wasn't that good of a box to begin with either but uh i mean i appreciate the authenticity of the nostalgia of it um yeah, the spine's pretty cool because it's got like the classic it's got the classic artist rendition of zachary i think they used that for the zachary for president um poster but uh Yes, very, very cool DVD, one of my prized possessions, including that and the original VHS tape. But moving on, enough about uh, me. Let's get back to Zachary. Also in 1986, Zachary recorded a new song called Overdrawn at the Blood Bank, which I've not been able to find, uh, mostly because it's in very, very limited run. It's pretty hard to find. Uh, in 87, Zachary hosted a one-hour Friday 13th special for MTV, so that's, that's very cool, getting... Getting some recognition there, but from on MTV. Uh, in 1988, uh, Gordon Guy wrote the biography Zachary, uh, which uh, is a really cool book, uh, and I and I call it Zachary because it's Zachary with an exclamation point. So you have to say it like that. And then in '89, he did another TV pilot, which is not seen the light of day, called ZTV, which also sounds really cool because it it brings in the whole Zachary. Um, mythos into it. You got Zachary. He he, um, he runs this abandoned movie theater or something like that, and it's got my darling in it. It's got Igor, and it's got a couple new characters in it as well. So again, that's something I would love to see as well. Uh, this either of those TV pilots, Crazy Nights or ZTV. Now we're getting into the 1990s, whereas also for a lot of horror fans. Zachary has some significance because the film director and one of my favorites, Frank Henenlotter, the director of the Basket Case films, got Zachary to appear in two of his films, the first being Brain Damage, which was written by Fangoria's Bob Martin, uh, Uncle Bob. Uh, Zachary did the voice of Elmer, the, uh, the parasite creature that gives Brian the ultimate high by injecting fluid into his brain in trade for killing people and eating, eating humans' brains. It's funny. One night you go to bed, and when you wake up, everything is different. Now Brian's acting a little peculiar. He's like a completely different person. I don't even know him anymore. Something's gotten into him. Sometimes everything glows with a different kind of light. Deep into him. What are you telling me? That we killed someone last night? Something bad. <laughs> something slimy. What are you doing? Something very... I know something's happened to you. Very... How is that? Hungry. You can't keep killing people every time you're hungry. You're mine now, Brian. I own you. Gotta get out of here fast. Go where? You're a wreck, Brian. Leave me alone! Whenever you want to stop hurting, you come to me. 
it will turn you inside out. Love that movie. I love all of Frank Hinnelar's movies, and I think Brain Damage is probably my favorite. And what's great about that movie, it's just so dark and gross and gritty, and you got this, like, monstrous little parasite worm-looking thing that's, like, slimy and gross, and it looks like it looks like a leech with a, with a face and a giant brain. But, uh... It's, it all comes to life and it all has a little bit more of a uh, lighthearted feel to it because you got Zachary providing the voice. And it's in true Zachary fashion, too. You get his mani- maniacal laughter and uh, you know his crazy sense of humor. It's all there. Then that was followed up by Frankenhooker, in which Zachary only had a cameo appearance, but he played the TV weatherman, which, again, was just basically Zachary doing the weather. So it was, it was crazy. It had the maniacal laughter, and um, it was this tiny little, tiny little scene, but definitely a, 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 a scene stealing scene as well. So from then on, Zachary would get into doing a lot of appear- and appearances at conventions, including um, Chiller, the Chiller convention, which he was a staple at. That uh, always had always had an open door for Zachary there, and when he came, uh, it was always a a big attraction at that show to have Zachary there. Um, so that's kind of where uh, where he had been for the number of years doing doing kind of the festival scene, but mostly in kind of the uh, the East Coast area. So um, and that's you know kind of the stuff he was doing all the way up to when he really couldn't do it anymore until uh, and until until his unfortunate uh, passing last year. So that is. That is the history of Zachary in a nutshell right there. Again, always been and always will be my all-time favorite TV horror host. And that is a that is a, uh, a big thing because I am a huge TV horror host fan, which you're going to learn from this show. And I love many, many horror hosts for many different reasons. I'm a big fan of Count Gordeval. I have my personal favorites also from when I was a child. Uh, from my own local TV horror hosts like Dr. Morbius from Channel 8. Uh, you had Commander USA's Groovy Movies, which I was a big fan of. Um, and going all the way across to the different different end of the spectrum with, with stuff like Mystery Science Theater 3000 or Rift Tracks or Cinematic Titanic, which takes that concept and puts a whole brand new revolutionized spin on it. You also still have many great horror hosts that I love and admire today, like the girls from Midnight Mausoleum, or Mr. Lobo from Cinema Insomnia. Even Grandpa Munster from The Munsters back in the day had a show that I used to watch on TBS, and he would show a lot of a lot of Toho movies on that one, so that one was really cool. You got Joe Bob Briggs, who didn't have a gimmick at all, he was just Joe Bob Briggs. And he he's an iconic classic TV horror host. As you can see, we have a lot of fuel for the fire for this podcast, and I really hope you enjoyed the opening show here. I know I've had a blast doing it for you, doing the research, going back and listening to to those classic Zachary CDs, um, going and finding clips on on YouTube and on the internet of different shows of Zachary, doing the research to find out that, uh, holy cow, Dinner with Drac was a Billboard charting song. That's crazy. That's amazing to me, and I love it. So it's been a lot of fun doing this show for you, and I can't wait till the next one, and I hope you enjoyed it as well. So 
that is going to wrap it up for this first episode of Midnight Snacks. And as the great Zachary would say, good night, good night. Whatever, whatever you are. You are. <laughs>